you have your Bibles, I hope you'll open up to Psalm 124. Psalm 124. What if? I wonder if you ever let yourself follow this rabbit trail, the the what if rabbit trail. Maybe you've thought back over some of the big life changes, the big decisions you've made, things that have brought you to where you are today and asked the question, what if? What if I'd gone to a different school? What if I'd never met that person in that little part of life that introduced me to that opportunity that led me there? What if I had met and married my spouse earlier in life or, or later in life? What if I had taken another job or a different career? Maybe you've gone down that path and you've thought about how one step this way or one visit there could have changed a lot. Of course, as we think about the what ifs, we all probably have things we regret. You probably have a list of what ifs that you wish were different, right? I, I do. But my hope is that most of your what if scenarios are thinking about the blessings. Because it can be fun to think about, I met this person just for just this much of my story. And they introduced me to this, that led to this, that led to all of this, right? That can be fun to follow that, man, if, if God hadn't brought that person or that job or that season. Of course, as we think about what ifs, as Christians, we know that every what if has a sovereign God behind it, right? We don't believe that our lives are pure chance. We believe that every part of our lives behind it all is a God who has a plan and who's working out his plan. And so every blessing we enjoy, we have him to thank. In every situation we don't understand, we have him to trust with it. Aren't you glad we have a God we can trust with the what ifs? As we think about God and his work and his life, I wonder if you've ever followed this what if scenario. What if I never heard the gospel? What if I never recognized my need for Christ? What if I had continued on that path that I was on before I came to Christ? Where would I be today? We could all probably make guesses about who we would be or maybe where we would be if not for Christ. And I think maybe for some of you, you don't, doesn't seem like it would be that different, but I think for, for a lot of us, we think my life would be very, very different. If not for Christ. And certainly we believe that our eternities would be vastly different if not for Christ. If we think about it that way, I hope you can see how what if questions can lead us down a path of gratitude and praise. We should be thankful because because of what God has done in saving us, because He has rescued us, we have hope, because He has saved us, we have peace and joy. Most importantly, because of God and his salvation, we can know we have escaped that stronghold of sin and we've been spared from the eternal wrath of God. 
these kinds of what-ifs. As we look back and see what God did and what would be if he had not done what he did, man, that should bring us to praise, shouldn't it? We can see as we look back how God has done for us things that we never could have done for ourselves. And it's this kind of what-if scenario that we have in Psalm 124. This is a song where the psalmist considers, if God had not delivered us, we would have been defeated. If God had not rescued us, we would have been destroyed. And then he kind of switches and says, but praise God. He has been our salvation. He has been our rescuer. Praise God. He is our help. And we are secure in him. That's the main thrust of Psalm 124. If you've been with us, then you should remember that Psalm 124 falls into this group of psalms called the Songs of Ascent. Quick reminder that this section of psalms are songs that had become traditional songs for the people of Israel. So three times a year during the time of the Old Covenant, the people of God would travel to Jerusalem. And as they traveled, they would sing. And there were at least these 15 songs that became their traditional travel songs. And it makes sense that as they would go to Jerusalem for a week of worship, they would prepare their hearts by singing this kind of song. If God had not been with us, we know where we would be. But he has been with us. Praise be to God. And they sang this on their way to the temple. They're going to worship God and they're saying, man, it would have been different. Thanks be to God for his deliverance. So we're going to talk this morning about how recognizing what God has done for us should lead us to praise. But I also want you to consider this that if we look back and see how God has worked in the past, that should help us learn to trust him with what's coming ahead. Think about it. Remembering that what we needed most has already been cared for should give us confidence that God will take care of everything else between now and eternity and into eternity. And this is something I need to be reminded of. There are days when I am nervous about the future. Because I can't see it. And there's been times when I thought I knew what was going to happen, and it went very differently. So I need this reminder that God is always with us. He is with us. We are in his hand. And the last verse of the psalm kind of tells us what we're shooting at. If you have your Bible open, you can go ahead and look at verse 8. I'll let you pick, peek at the ending. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So as we start the psalm, he's going to say, look back and consider what God has done. And then in the middle, he's going to say, he saved us. And then towards the end, we have this forward-looking, the tense changes from past tense to present and future tense. Seeing what he's done in the past gives me confidence that I can trust that he is with me into the future. My help today 
and my help tomorrow is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I pray that our time together would lead us to praise for past work of God and would lead us to trust him for what we cannot yet see. So that's where we are headed. Psalm 124. Hope you'll follow along as we read. And then go ahead and stick your Bible bookmarker there in Psalm 124 so you can go there again tomorrow. A song of ascents, a song of David. Hear the word of the Lord. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away and the torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snares of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The grass withers and the flower fades. The word of our God will stand forever. Now, I hope you're ready to use your imagination this morning because this psalm is full of imagery. I wonder if you noticed all of it as we read. It, it comes fast. In verse 3, we have an animal that's big enough to swallow people whole. In verses 4 and 5, we have a river that's left its banks and is raging and taking out everything in its path. In verse 6, there's a different animal. This animal's not going to swallow us whole, but he's going to tear us apart with his teeth. And then in verse 7, there's a bird trapped in a net or a cage by a hunter. So he's four or five images. Maybe I should have left space on your notes so you could kind of sketch it out and get a visual. That could be your homework. I'd love to see your pictures next week of this monster that could swallow us whole. And it goes back to what I've been saying. We should read the psalm slowly because we could fly through. It's a short psalm. If this was your reading for the day, you could just make your way through it. But we really have to slow down to see all the different images. And if we sit with those images, it should give us a sense of the situation that they were in and the extent of the salvation. And so this morning, I'm going to try to help us sit with some of these images for a bit. With that said, with all the descriptions, we still don't know exactly what the actual circumstance was. The, the, the heading tells us that it's a Psalm of David. And there's guesses made about what situation David is writing about. Some have suggested that this is 2 Samuel chapter 5 when David and the nation of Israel are up against the Philistines. That's, 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 that's a possible scenario, but we don't know for sure. But it does seem clear that the people of God are up against an enemy nation. And this is how David describes it. 
They were about to swallow us alive. We were about to get washed away by the flood. About to get torn apart by the teeth of a wild animal. We were like a bird who was in a cage and couldn't get out. Yet, in the end, they weren't swallowed alive. They weren't washed away. They weren't torn apart. They weren't stuck in the hunter's trap because God rescued them. I've already said the psalm's written as a song of praise, a song of thanks to God for his salvation. And it's praise born out of this consideration. What if God had not been on our side? I really like verses 1 and 2. Maybe a tie. I loved how the other psalm started. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Here's another one. I, just, I love the introduction. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, I don't think you should be able to read this without this sense of, whew, right? Coming from the depths of David's heart, he's looking back on the situation, and this is what he knows. The Lord was our only hope. We did not stand a chance if not for the Lord. We don't know the exact circumstance he's referring to, but again, most likely a nation that's rising up against the people of Israel. And if you know the story, if you've read your Bible, you know that almost always the nation of Israel, by human standards, they're the underdog. There are nations, most nations are bigger than them. Most armies are more equipped than them. That must have been the case here. That's why David says, if it not, had not been the Lord who was on our side. It's, it's a question. I, I, I'm, I've been saying it as a question. What if? but it's really a declaration of dependence, isn't it? We were utterly dependent on him. If it had not been for the Lord, there's only one way we would have come out alive. We had to have the Lord on our side. And if verse two didn't exist, if we just had verse one, and it just said, if we had not had the Lord on our side when the people rose up against us, that would be a pretty strong introduction to the song. But that's not all we have, right? He says it, and then there's this invitation on your notes. I called it a call to praise. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, everybody sing with me, right? Israel, acknowledge this with me. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when the people rose up against us. Now, there are two ifs. If not for the Lord, if not for the Lord, but is it really a question? It's not, is it? It's a statement. God was with us. He was present. David is saying, it is because of the Lord that we were saved. And he's calling all of Israel to join with him in praising God. This is the difference between me practicing our songs here by myself and you coming out saying, sing it with me, right? I don't want to sing this by myself. The Lord has saved us. He has spared us. 
the main point is the salvation of God, but I don't want you to miss the invitation. He's calling the people to say it with him because he wants them to remember. He doesn't want them to forget. Sometimes we need a reminder, don't we? Of what the Lord has done. This is why life groups, our time together, plug for tonight, ladies. I hope you're here tonight for your life group. This is why we need to come together because sometimes you're going to have weeks and you're going to show up and you're going to say, I don't know what to do. And what you need is someone else who's in a slightly better season than yours to point you to God's word and say, remember, he's with us, right? He's been with us in the past. We can trust him with tomorrow. And David is calling the people of God to remember this. He hasn't left us. He has been faithful. He's worthy of our praise. If it wasn't for the Lord, where would we be? That's why we come together. This is what David just reminded us of. We come together for this training in righteousness. In verses 1 and 2, we have two ifs. If, if, and then three thens. And if you write in your Bible, you may just want to underline the first word of those first five verses. If, if, then, then, then. Okay? What we see is that David wants us to know what would have happened if not for the salvation of God. If the Lord had not been on our side, then we would have been swallowed alive when their anger was kindled against us. So we have this army coming against the nation of Israel. And we have two vivid illustrations of this army. The first is of this animal, and I, I'm going to call it a monster-like animal because there's not many animals that could actually swallow us alive. Maybe a great whale or something like that. But they're on land, so we've got to put this animal on land. This monster-like animal. He says their anger was kindled against us. Think fire. Their anger was burning. Their anger was white hot. If the enemy had a chance, they would have swallowed us alive. And if you think about a beast that's big enough to swallow a whole army alive, just note this, it's not a fair fight, okay? They were up against something that they could not defeat on their own. One gulp, and they're gone. Which is why David says, if it had not been for the Lord. He says this enemy, they could have swallowed us. Then he gives another illustration to emphasize the point. Maybe the monster image, that's not your genre. Maybe you're more of a, a river guy. Here's your illustration. Picture a river that's left its banks and is raging forward, taking out everything in its path. Verse 4, if, if, then monster, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Now, back in the fall, David and I, we, we went camping at Pedernales State Park. Pedernales River. And when we went, when we got to the, the river, we had to walk down a pretty good hill to get to water. And it's a pretty wide, I think you would call it a river valley, maybe. The, 
maybe 200 yards across some parts of it. The water was just down in the middle. But as we were hiking down, there were these signs, warning signs, warning us about flash floods. And there were pictures on the signs. And it showed how there were times when you couldn't even see the hill that we walked down, and you couldn't see the hill on the other side. The entire area is full of water. And let me just tell you, just to sit there, we, we did this. We, can you imagine how much water it would take to fill this valley? And if you think about how much water that would take, you would think that would take a year to fill it up that much. But the signs told us otherwise. The signs said, watch out. There's flash floods. So it could be raining 100 miles from here. And the sun's shining here, but that water comes down. And it told us, and I don't know how it could happen in minutes, where it goes from calm and peaceful and quiet to raging and taking out everything in its path. And that's the image here. This swelling, fast-moving river. Things were fine. And then everything changed. The boys and I were at Guadalupe State Park just last week. And we were up on a similar hill. The river was way down at the bottom. But there were goggles up in the branches of this tree. You know how the goggles got there? The water was really high. I hope the people who wore those goggles are good. The point is, there's this river that's coming in hard and fast, sweeping away anything and anyone in its path. He's describing the enemy that would come against them like a strong river that would sweep them away. It would have covered them up. Verse 5, it would have drowned them. There's the third then in verse 5. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have been swallowed alive, swept away, and drowned. Do you get the point he's making? On their own, they did not stand a chance. As a side note, this is a, a picture that we see in another place. I think it's worth us going to Isaiah chapter 8. Here we have God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he's warning the nation of Israel, because of your disobedience, I'm going to bring Assyria, this enemy nation, and they're going to come in and destroy you. And he uses this picture and I just thought it would be good to hear it alongside of 124. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 5. Isaiah says, The Lord spoke to me again. Because this people has refused the waters of Shiloh that, that flow gently and rejoice over resin in the sun's Rimaliah. So he's saying they had this nice, peaceful stream and they rejected it. Therefore, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them the waters of the river, mighty and many. And then he tells us what the river is, the king of Assyria in all his glory. And it will rise over all its channels and go over all its banks. And it'll sweep into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck. And its outspread wings will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel. So it's a picture of a river, but it's not a river, is it? He's saying, no, Assyria is going to come in, and they are big, and they are fast, and before you know it, they'll be everywhere, and you'll be gone. 
your enemies will flood in like a mighty river and you won't stand a chance. And this is the kind of situation that David said, we were up against that. If not for the help of the Lord. And can I just suggest, church, that this is our story too. That without the help of the Lord, we were in a situation that would have led to certain death. We were born into a situation that without the help of the Lord, we did not stand a chance. It's our story, all born into sin, born with hearts against God. Born into a situation that we never could have overcome on our own. Born with an enemy that we never could have defeated. You cannot, friend, overcome the flesh. You can't resist the power of the devil. On our own, our situation is like what David describes. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, we would have been swallowed alive. And maybe before Christ, you know what it feels like to be going down the throat of the beast. I can't get out of this. Thankfully, God has not left us on our own. Jesus came. He died in our place and because Jesus came, because the Lord was on our side, Romans 8, 1 is true. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, if it was up to you or me, we never would finish this life with faith intact. We would mess it up. We aren't strong enough. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to keep myself right before God. Thankfully, your salvation and mine and the surety of our salvation, it's a work of God. There's another confident if passage, if I can coin that term. These confident if passages. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And it has the same pattern as Psalm 124. We look back and see what was done. If God did that, then he'll be there in the future too. How would he who gave up his own son, how will he not graciously give us all things? that he's promised to give us. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Monster or flood, right? Tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Verse 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's the New Testament statement of what David's saying in Psalm 124, isn't it? If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, but because we are on his side, we can stand. We can move forward. That should lead us to praise, shouldn't it? And thanks. It's the what if questions. What if God hadn't sent his son? What if I had been left in my sin? What if it was up to me to earn my salvation? What if it was up to me to keep my salvation? couldn't do it if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. 
As I was working through Psalm 124, I was reminded of Psalm 94. It has some of the same questions, and maybe you would add this to your reading list for the week. Psalm 94. I'll start in verse 16. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. And I love verse 19. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. I hope that's your testimony. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. It was true for the people of God. It's a story of God's people throughout the centuries. We need his help. As we think about Psalm 124 as a song of ascents, we remember this is a song that the people of Israel would sing as they went to Jerusalem. As a nation, they knew what God had done. They could look back and see his release from Egypt. They could think about the parting of the sea. They could think about his destruction of the Egyptians and the way he had brought them into the land. And so as they went up to Jerusalem, they would sing, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, we would have been swallowed. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, we would have drowned. But God had rescued them. In the next few verses, we see praise to God for that salvation. Verse 6. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. So the first half, the 1 to 5, this is what could have been. And then we have a transition and we see what has been. What God has done. And we get new imagery. Two new pictures. The first being this wild animal with sharp teeth. An animal that has his prey in sight and is ready to pounce. That's how he describes the enemy. Their teeth were sharp. They were ready and able to tear Israel apart. But the Lord was on their side and he has not given us to their teeth. You just sit with that? A wild animal, those teeth coming at you? Can you imagine laying on the ground with that animal over top of you? <laughs> and to say, but I was spared. I was saved from that beast. Maybe you're not a teeth and beast guy. Maybe you're more of a bird in a cage. We get that one too. Verse 7. We have escaped. Like a bird from the snare of fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. This is our final picture. This hunter who has set up a trap and the trap was set and the bird was caught. We don't know the situation. Maybe this is a time when Israel was on their heels. A time when they felt like we can't go anyway. They are there and we can't get out. Like a bird caught in a hunter's trap, they were stuck. But the verse isn't really about being stuck, is it? 
because two times at the beginning, at the end, he says, we have escaped. It's a verse about freedom. If you underline in your Bible, you might just underline those two phrases at the either side of verse 7. We have escaped. We were like a bird in a trap. We have escaped. But not because they got out on their own. It's because someone broke the trap. It's because the Lord was on their side. And if you are in Christ, this is your story. You were born as a slave. A slave to sin, enslaved by guilt and shame. Whether you felt it or knew it or not, you were trapped. But if you're in Christ, you can say with the psalmist, I have escaped, or better yet, I have been set free. And this is what God does for anyone who comes to him through faith in Christ. And if you're here this morning and you've never repented of your sins, know this, you're like a bird in a cage. And whether you know it or not, you're not getting out. Unless someone opens and sets you free. We need God. And he's made the way he sent his son to die, to bear our wrath so that we could be free. And it reminds me of what Jesus says in John chapter 8. He's talking to the Jews these Jews who had believed in him. In John 8, 31, Christ says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But they said to him, We're offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? So he says, You'll be set free. And say, we're not even trapped. We, we've never been slaves. What are you talking about? He says to them, verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Whether we recognize it or not, we are all born into slavery, slaves to sin and to the flesh, and it's a slavery that will ultimately lead to death and the punishment of God. But there is freedom available. There is a way we can have freedom. It's through Christ. And if you've been set free, the thrust of Psalm 124 is you should be unbelievably thankful to God. As people who've been set free, we've been set free to praise. There's some things we don't need to be taught or trained for. Charles Spurgeon said something similar to this in his comments on Psalm 124. He said, we don't need to be reminded to complain. And we don't have to be taught to grumble. Unfortunately, they come naturally. But we do need this reminder that God has done more for us than we can imagine, and he is worthy of our praise. We need this invitation, right? If it not, had not been the Lord who was on our side, let everyone say with me, if we had not had the Lord on our side, it's this call, this invitation. And if you're struggling to remember all that he's done, if you're struggling to con consider it a big deal, this may be a good psalm for you to spend some time with this week because this psalm helps us consider how big the enemy was 
how sure our fate was and that we didn't stand a chance on our own. He has done for us what we never could have done for ourselves. And I think we need to sit with that because if, if we truly recognize where we were and what he's done, if that ever really sinks in for us, I think it changes everything. It changes the way we look at the world. It changes the way we interact with others. It will change your marriage. It will change your work ethic. It will change everything when we see God himself has set his love on me. He has set me free. It should change our evangelism. It should change everything. Psalm 124 encourages us to look back and to recognize and remember the situation we were in. But it's not only about the past. It's about today and the hope we have for the future. And we see that in the final verse in verse 8. The tense changes from past to present and future. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And this should sound familiar because we've already looked at basically the exact same verse back in Psalm 121. Remember the pilgrim looking down the road and he says, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? Remember this? And then he says, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And here we have the same thing. This incredible statement of faith. And I'm glad it's here because we can forget. And if your question is, is he really a helper? The psalmist would say, just look back and see what he's done. Know that he hasn't changed. We are prone to forget that we have a God who is present and able and who has promised to be our help. I said it back two weeks ago. Sometimes I do middle of the day, afternoon on Tuesdays, right? Morning, Wednesday. You got to sit down and say, okay, I trust you, right? Because I'm about to have a conversation that's bigger than me. I'm about to, to consider things that I cannot get my head around. The neighborhood next to me just got blown over. What do I do with that, Right? I don't think I'm the only one who struggles with feeling weak or overwhelmed. We need this reminder. Our help is in the Lord. And by the way, he made everything. Heaven and earth, he made it all. He governs it all. We must remember that because he's creator, we can trust that he's able. That person you think, they'll never change. Guess what? God can change them. That sickness you think this is too big, God can heal. That temptation that's been plaguing you, that you've decided that's just the way it's going to be. No, God can defeat every evil. That's why we pray, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. He's the one who's able to keep and deliver us. And yet we still doubt him. And so I hope that our rehearsal this morning, right, this training period would be another time for us to say and believe, my help is in the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
Let's say it together this morning in our hearts so that tomorrow or next week or next month when it really gets difficult, we can remember that what's true in the light is true in the dark. The one who created the universe is on our side. At the start of the sermon, I told you that this has two aims. First, it should encourage us to praise God, to praise and thank Him for what He's done. And second, it should encourage us to greater trust in Him. So if, you know, there's a lot on the notes you were given, but if you just need to write down two things to remember, Psalm 124 should put us to praise and to dependence. Trust. When we remember that He's the one on our side, we can remember how faithful He's been. We can be reminded that we can trust Him today and tomorrow. We were up against an enemy we could not defeat. We lived with sin we couldn't overcome, but the Lord was on our side, and He continues to be. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? To go back to where we started, we have these what-if questions. What if that politician gets elected? What if that law gets put into place? Will our nation survive? What if I get that sickness? Or worse than that, what if my child gets that sickness? What if the job doesn't come through? What if the relationship falls apart? What if? What if? What if? You have your own list, don't you? Maybe you lose sleep over the what if questions and fears. This morning, I want you to hear the reminder of David, God through his servant. The psalm begins and ends with this truth. God is with us and he is your help. We all have the questions, but we need to remember what is, rather who is. He is our help. And if you've been gone for the last 30 minutes, just hear me say this. You can trust him. Most importantly, you can trust him with your soul and with your eternity. But you can also trust him with today. I'll end with Psalm 94. If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips. Have you been there? Sliding down the hill? Your steadfast oh, love, O oh Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. My hope for this sermon is that you be reminded that God is your help and that you would have greater peace and increased joy. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Church, would you say it with me? If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Praise God, he's on our side. Not because we deserve him, but because of his grace and love and kindness. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer? God, you are good and kind.
and you are our help. And, and here's the, the, the fact of it. There are some of us who look back and we don't even recognize how bad our situation would have been if not for you. And so I pray that the imagery of Psalm 124 would kind of give us the gravity of the situation and a sense of how desperately we needed you. And as we get our minds and hearts around that, would you, would you turn our hearts of apathy to hearts of praise and thanks? And God, for my brothers and sisters who feel like they are up against something that they cannot handle, something they cannot carry, a burden that's too heavy, would you help them to find relief in knowing that you are able? And as your church, would you help us to come alongside one another and bear burdens? We are part of the way that you help your people to move forward. So would you give us eyes and ears and hands and feet to serve those around us? You are our help. Would you help us to trust in you? It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.